cheers to the number 31, because not only is it the number of years that Peter's parents, Peter Sr. and whatever her name is, are arbitrarily celebrating as the year to renew their vows, it's also the age that our best ever bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, was Mm. when she was not doing all this, I don't know, BS. So, cheers to 31. To 31. And perspective. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. A Bachelor franchise podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to exploring the big stories and questions that only a cultural touchstone like The Bachelor can inspire. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm Josh Jackson. Grab a drink and a bingo card and join us on Cheers to That. All right, that was a three-hour premiere. It felt like six hours, but we uh, we made it through. We made it through. And actually, I thought it was a great episode. I'm going to give it credit. It was full of drama. It was nobody seemed like they were really hamming it up to be a character, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. Um, I felt like there was some conflict, but it was it was manageable and um, and mm-hmm. and honestly kind of warranted most of the time. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't feel like anybody was painted as like a villain in any very uh, stark light, which was refreshing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of all the animals you could bring in as a prop, that beautiful Jersey cow, I <laughs> loved her. <laughs> I wanted to be her friend. Ashley, Ashley P. <laughs> Ashley P, the beautiful Jersey cow. I wanted to go up and pet her. She would be a great emotional support animal. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, so I figured this out. I figured out why it was actually a really great premiere is because they took the trends from the last two seasons and totally scrapped them. And that is when you have like the the in-studio party with like Crystal Goose and all them doing like, you know, hot tub. That's true. I remember the Colton's season premiere felt like New Year's Rockin' Eve or something. Exactly. It was weird. Yeah. And I'm, they totally went in the opposite direction. They just got, went straight to the action. They even got the first like round of dates into the same episode. Yes. Yeah. I like It up. wasn't just unnecessarily protracted. It felt fast. And like those those limo drives, that's like my least favorite part of every season because it's so flippin' corny. It's all like, like high school pep rally humor. Well, and you know he's not going to remember any of them anyway. So it's right. it kind of doesn't... Like when, I'm jumping ahead here, but when Victoria F, yes, Victoria F was freaking out about botching her dirty joke, it was like, he's he doesn't even remember it. And then she was really upset that he didn't remember it. It's like, he doesn't remember anything that happened in that first, I mean, it was such a, he's probably standing there for two hours while they're all coming out and right. it, it would be such a blur. I mean, he's probably just overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> in that moment. He's standing there in those leather shoes being like, my ankles hurt. Yeah, and... he probably has to pee. He's probably hungry. Yeah. And so anyway, um a lot to cover, a lot of controversy already. But before we dive into the big questions, let's get into the first ever rapid recap of the season. A rapid recap? <laughs> All right, rapid recap. There's no need to waste any time with these more thorough recap podcasts out there. We'll give you 3 hours of action in just a few minutes. So, everything you need to know about the season so far. Uh number 1, the show literally begins with its own fence jump moment, with the ha ha, the hawk, the hawk in the background, and then like, and then Chris Harrison being like, "Are you sure you don't know about this part? What, yeah. what are you talking about?" It's a, so much happens in this in the episode, you even forget that 
That's how it started. Oh, yeah. It was like really dramatic. And In the desert. Was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I totally, whoa, 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 whoa. I totally forgot about that because it was like w- w- there was no context. So it was hard to like latch onto that because we had no idea what was happening. It's just like, oh, they're upset. The, the, <laughs> the, the Hannah thing kind of overshadowed everything. It did. But yeah. There, there, there is a fence jump in the desert, so get ready for that. Uh, number two, uh, Madison's dad looks just as old as she does. You know, a lot of aerobic exercise, I guess. <laughs> keeps you keeps you young. Number three, Peter says this could be the most beautiful love story, period, ever, period. Uh, which I don't see as an unreasonable expectation at all. Uh, number four, uh, we learn from the limo introductions that Peter is an awkward hugger. Yeah, he kind of does this hunch. Like a hunch and over move. Maybe it's a signature thing. I don't know. Uh, for number five, I put this in quotes. Oh, you're a flight attendant too? Well, there's all my ideas. Well, hooking up with hot pilots may be why they got into it in the first place. So maybe they just need to <laughs> cast a wider net. Uh, number six, in regards to Victoria F., uh, if you can't land the dirty joke, don't even try. Yeah, the only thing more uncomfortable than an uncomfortable joke is an uncomfortable delivery. <laughs> of that joke if you're gonna be raunchy own it you know uh, yeah you can't back out halfway through the joke it it yeah it um, doesn't work all right number seven victoria f that's boo i loved this line <laughs> i don't want to be victoria f that's boo <laughs> uh we learn in a very dramatic itm that tammy's preferred coping strategy is binging on cheese respect <laughs> oh i love this uh fast forwarding a little bit number nine uh wrapping this season's annalise uh teacups at disneyland are no joke yeah there's uh they can cause quite quite the trauma <laughs> a little bit of a post-traumatic stress syndrome going on there and i love just the flashback filter that they put on the teacups to make them look especially menacing oh it was very good it, it reminded me of annalise and like the chow chow and the the bumper cars <laughs> the, yeah pretty much everything her whole life is just one big dramatic flashback oh whatever uh number 10 i think we're on uh production does not give a shit about rules um going back to the uh the obstacle course the obstacle course yeah they they just really did not want anyone else but kelly to be the one that gets the the prize but you know who else didn't care about the rules peter so <laughs> right and clearly uh kelly for that matter uh number 11 dude a lot of huge egos on this cast a lot of like meaning like they're also surprised that they don't automatically get the rose or that peter might kiss someone else yeah I, my my personal favorite was when savannah said if he could just get to know me, I know that he would love me. Essentially, it's like really that's that's all that's standing in his uh, in this man's way of falling in love with you is getting to know you better. Like, wow, you have a lot of confidence and a lot of insecurity. It's just like this this pendulum swing. Meanwhile, twenty six other women are thinking and feeling the exact same thing. Uh, learn the premise of the show before you come on. All if right. only he knew you, he would have no choice but to fall in love with you. Why is he spending time with anyone else? I don't get this. Yeah. Terrible taste and questionable judgment. Uh, and I lost track of what number we're on. Uh, but count No, I don't care. Um, wow. 31 years. Such a significant marriage milestone. Yeah, maybe they're big fans of Baskin Robbins. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what item do you give at 
the 31st anniversary like wool baskin robbins ice cream (laughs) in a little pink spoon uh okay uh another one i had whoa oh my goodness a date ended with a country singer one of us actually heard of i had heard of tenille arts before i do live in nashville so that might have had something to do with it but hey i mean she kind of she brought it i was impressed she had a she had a solid performance even though i'm pretty sure it was all dubbed but you know they've gone from the h list to the g list as far as uh country singers go yeah well lest we forget caitlin and nick danced and made out to the cranberries r.i.p cranberries r.i.p uh dolores riordan we miss you uh great segue because the last note i said was finally is hannah the new nick vial maybe so hmm we'll have to find out next week um all right so that is your rapid recap for the last three hours we just watched let's get into some topics of discussion for the episode Okay, so um, I guess we'll start off light. Uh, a few, a few kind of you know eyebrow raising things happened in this episode, uh, but the first thing that that struck out to me that I thought was funny to talk about was, uh, you know, it's night one, all the like you know thirty million girls in the mansion, and uh, during the few moments that Lauren gets with with Peter, she makes this really funny comment that you and I both were laughing at, which was. Somebody once told me that if it scares you, you do it. <laughs> and like, that's like her life advice. That is the weirdest criterion for doing something that I've ever heard. Like, if it scares you, that's why, that's how you know <laughs> that it's worth doing. So, yeah. Methamphetamines scares me, so I should yeah. do it. Yeah. Touch, touch the, the stove, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little scared. You know, poke the bear. Pick a fight with a stranger in the cereal aisle. This is it scares me. Yeah, lick the subway rail. You know, just just if, if, <laughs> if it scares you, definitely do that thing. Yeah, there's just a lot of there's so much life advice that people just throw out willy nilly on the show. Uh, anything invo- involving following one's heart to any capacity without any actual filtration. And any consideration of consequence at any <laughs> point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Any calculation of risk. I almost want, you know, someday my kids are going to watch this show or something akin to it. I don't want to have to explain to them. Whatever they're doing, you need to do the opposite of that. It's a little anxiety-inducing on my part. Another quick little observation I had was that um, if you look at the cast bios, they're like 22, 23, most of them. And then something that came to mind was that most of these women, therefore, were born in 1997. So I was in seventh grade, I think. Yes, I, I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I, I was a sophomore in high school when these women were born, which is so sad. Yeah, I wonder if they would know like how to use a regular phone, <laughs> you know, like one with a cord. And yeah, I'm really curious about that. They probably don't know who Nirvana was know or like know what a card catalog is or, or dial up or like who phil donahue was <laughs> you know or sally jesse Raphael, whose red glasses i always really admired um as a young child i used to watch ricky lake growing up ricky lake ricky lake ricky lake 
Um, they probably... They probably didn't know that Gwen Stefani was in a band? Yes, they probably just think that she's on The Voice. Mm-hmm. And did the B-A-N-A-N-A-S song. Yes. Or that Justin Timberlake was in a band. Well, I guess NSYNC is kind of re-emerged but not really mm. they might remember in sync from like their second birthday they don't know what the world was like before 9-11 that's true weird they have no context this is so sad. they have no long-term memory which of that. Hel- which helps to explain a lot of their behavior i mean they're just like yes like um they're just you know fresh as daisies <laughs> just the world is so full of hope all ahead of them yeah <laughs> every everything is ahead of them that's what see it helps me as it, whenever you know we watch this show i think especially on nick vial season when you see some of these women like lose their mind i mean granted production is messing with their heads a lot and they are spending a lot of time waiting and i and i get that but they wig out um, over like over like quote unquote losing and being um, turned down by the lead, and it's probably because they've never actually been rejected before. Yeah, like, they ha- they haven't had time. Yeah, either they're like they're they're really really young, or they're like the hottest person in wherever they come from. They're from like you know, uh, Smockyville, Louisiana. Like <laughs> dear Smockyville. <laughs> oh, back in the good old days, me and my my swing set. In Smocky Mill, Smockyville Elementary. Pick sorghum in our, in our uh, <laughs> clod hoppers. You know, Smockyville. Smockyville. You know, Smockyville. You know, graduated. You know, class of twenty in a in a town of twelve thousand people. You are the hottest person in town. Yeah. So they're not used to being turned down. So um, they're they, just all, all of life is ahead of them, and they are approaching it with unwarranted and uh unmitigated blind confidence <laughs> in themselves and their their ability to offer um something to this uh hokey ass pilot <laughs> on uh on abc he is a goober i know i do love him i think he's really fun but he's i don't know when he was dancing at uh the little reception i was like oh buddy let's yeah. just let's just just ease over to the one man of color in the room and just let him yeah. <laughs> represent the dancing of a portion of the evening. <laughs> he, he he's dancing like a f- dad already. Um, anyway, so and our- da- and dancing next to his dad. So you know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> um, so something else. So this is our first time doing this podcast uh, for a normal season. You know, not a, a adjacent you know a bachelor in paradise situation. And so I'm glad to finally dive into this aspect of the show, and that is the first night impressions and the limo exits and that kind of stuff. I've always, you know, I've been watching this with you since probably Nick's season. Um, you? No, no, Caitlin's season. Yeah, you watched some of Caitlin's season with yeah, me. Yeah, so I start. I started with Caitlin's season, which is you know a million years ago, and since then I've, I watch it, and I always hated the first episode of every season because i hate the corny introductions and so i want to kind of dive into strategies regarding first impressions i feel like everybody kind of fits into one of three categories when they get out of the limo one they they just like walk up they know you look pretty and they go hi it's great to meet you just something polite and nice Mm -hmm. and they walk out walk in number two is like they walk up and do kind of a some sort of stupid pun 
Yeah. Um, and to varying degrees of of laughter, and I always feel if it's no matter if it's a guy lead or a girl lead, it's always like like polite, like ah ha ha, you made a joke just now, and that's the polite thing to do is laugh, you know. Um, and then number the third group is the ones who are outrageous and just stupid, like they'll have a marching band come, or they'll wear a a, a mascot costume, or they'll. You, you arrive know. in a cupcake mobile or something yeah right and so i I know the logic is you got to stand out early but i get kind of frustrated that no one seems to think you know not all attention is good good attention and so i remember the girl one girl on nick vial season had her had him smell her armpit or something like that oh gosh <laughs> do you remember that it's vaguely yeah like i don't know am i nervous smell my armpits ha ha, ha. and it's like no (laughs) no stranger i don't want to sniff you (laughs) i feel like i think nick is the is the last one to do that with like ben or peter are just polite and smiley by default and nick's like yeah no by default about everything yeah nick is much more uh much more snide i think he'd probably be like uh no thank you so what's your (laughs) what's your take on like on these strategies because like if i'm imagining if i'm if i am the lead and our first impression is of me feeling awkward and a little bit embarrassed for you and trying to make you not look so bad by politely laughing at your dumb joke, then that's the first, that's my first connection with you. And that's going to be a a turnoff. Yeah. I think there are a few different options. I think the, where you're really going to maximize or what you really have to maximize is the amount of hotness you exude and minimize the amount of awkwardness you exude that's what's memorable so you can achieve that in a few different ways i think one that works really well for men is when they arrive in at least with the men in the last couple seasons is when the women arrive in some kind of really cool vehicle Mm -hmm. um they seem to really enjoy that (laughs) um like a race car for ari or yes yeah um or well i'm thinking specifically of lexi's little baby yeah baby becca arrived in like a vintage sports car yeah. for Ari and he seemed to really enjoy that. And uh same with Peter. Peter just Peter Peter loves things that go that go <laughs> that go vroom vroom. Um he's he's very much like my son in that regard. Wheels um, on the bus go round and round. He's mesmerized by those wheels. Um and yeah, so when Lexi showed up in that in that cool car he was just like wow and um yeah, it was a very like it's Thomas the Tank Engine kids moment. It was in right. look in his eye. It was cute, but um, yeah. But you, I think you know, a, a cool vehicle, um, also a gift often goes a long way. Mm-hmm. If it's like, hey, here's here's something to remember me by, like it, just a little token of something. I'm thinking about Cassie in Colton season when she gave him. She's like, I have butterflies, and she like gave him a little butterfly, right? Like, and it doesn't have to be anything big. I mean, I always think it's weird when they're like. Here's a life-size statue of my grandfather, you yeah. know, or something. And it's like this, or here's a fruit basket. Or you know? that one girl in cold season, like, gave, here's my puppy. Like, hold on to my oh, puppy. Oh, that was awful. I felt <laughs> so bad. But that poor dog. But um, having to be, like, handled by production all night. And he's like, where's my mom? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I think, like, a little token can, can still ex- make you memorable while still not diminishing your hotness and maybe even accentuating it by giving mm-hmm. you a little bit of a, you know, a, a character, um, a little, little touch of flair. But, um, and 
I think what doesn't work is especially, and I, I hate to say it because I like smart, funny women, but usually when the women try to be funny, yeah, it does not work for them because it kind of, like you're saying, it, it, it kind of adds to the awkwardness, which diminishes the hotness, and the hotness is what really makes you memorable and keeps you in it long enough to get some actual one-on-one -on -one attention. That initial thing has to just be like, hey, look how hot I am. Here's how you can remember how hot I am. Right. Um, versus something where they are put on the... Uh, this is part of it, too, is that they're put on the spot, so they don't know how to respond. And so mm. it's like, uh, I don't know. I just... I got a weird feeling from you. So that, that gut check thing, that, like, primitive hindbrain reaction right. is just like, I don't... I, just, I felt weird, so I got rid of you. So... Yeah, I, mean, I, I, th I do think that the women and the bachelorettes are better at handling humor, and I do think they appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I have a question about that, actually. So, yeah. like, and this might sound a little heteronormative or something or whatever, but, like, 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 I really do think, like, as a guy, and I think most guys would feel the same way, is, like, they want to be the pursuer. They want to pursue. And so you already have a situation where women are literally pursuing you. you. You are the prize at the end of the contest, so to speak. So you already have that working against you. But if a girl, like you said, like walks up and just says, hi, here I am. Uh, don't you think I'm pretty? Here's here's a little little token. And then walks away. It's like, oh, I, I need to go find out more about her. And, and it's on you. And, I, and like, I think guys generally like to be in that role. But when a girl is like doing the, the punny joke thing, it just comes off like you are already how, how do I say this like like she's she it feels like she you already have her figured out yeah or like she's it's hard it's hard for me to say this right but like like she is the one who's doing all the work she's doing all the work and she's working too hard yeah and it's like oh okay um, it's a little boring. You want to like find somebody who's a little bit more of a. I, I guess so. It's, I'm probably not a saying more it intriguing. right. To to that point, I thought it was really funny when Natasha gets on the couch with Peter, and he's like, "You just seem so mysterious to me." And she's like, "Well, I'm an open book." And he's like, "Oh," <laughs> and she's like, "But it's but it's slow." And I'm like, "So she, you're like a slowly opening book, <laughs> like with stiff pages or stiff binding? What's what's the story there?" It's it was like just a really the, funny. It's like the beginning of Disney Sword in the Stone, where it's a, like this tome is like opening. Oh yeah, the credits are all on the pages, <laughs> and they have to like slowly slide them across. <laughs> and Natasha is like, she's like the Disney opening, tome. the opening credits. She's the opening credits of Disney's Sword in the Stone. So. <laughs> so, well, she lasted the first night, so she did, and so he must have been, he must have been intrigued enough by the uh, the slowness of the the turning pages. Okay, so I imagine myself to tell I would feel if I'm the lead, but I'm a guy. Let's pretend. You're the lead. You're female. How would you want the guys to come out of the limo and talk to you? Honestly, um, I, I think, I think it would be such a blur. Like I said before, I think it would be such a blur, and it would be so overwhelming and so like nerve wracking and just kind of like you don't know what to expect. So you're just sort of like, ah, I just I'm trying to get like an a quick impression of everybody. But I think in that situation, I would enjoy them being kind of not like crazy, but like a little funny and a little bit playful because uh -huh. it just shows that they're comfortable in their own skin. And I think that's a really attractive quality. Like I don't find this person attractive remotely. Um, but back in Jojo season, Robbie, um, who mm. ended up in the top two did a really funny thing. He, his avocado toast, Robbie. Yes. Falcon wing 
comb over hair, Robbie. Yeah, he's romantic uh hot hot tub date with uh glowing balls in the <laughs> yeah talking to raven about his instagram presence while looking like a ken doll i mean yeah he's just i don't find robbie attractive however he was really funny in his original limo exit for jojo season because when jojo was on ben higgins season and they did the the hometown meet the parents date jojo's mom was in the background of one of the shots just chugging a bottle of wine and it was hilarious and so robbie came out of the limo and he had a bottle of wine and he said uh let's do this uh let's do this mama fletcher style and they both like chugged a, a bottle of white that wine is actually it really was funny. really funny and so i just little stunts like that where it's like hey i i I'm paying See, I'm paying attention to what's endearing to you. Like I'm being kind of jokey. Like that's fun. A, cl- a clever pun like that, like that's like no one else would have thought of. That is pretty funny. But a lot of these girls are just throwing these like these, air- these airline puns out or these like everyone we, we knew it was going to be airlines and windmills all night and I'm like can someone think of something original? He he's more than his vocation for crying out loud. Yeah, and I mean Victoria F that's boo boo she tried to be original but she really couldn't stick the landing or land the joke like a plane uh, see what oh, i did zing, zing. Uh, okay you should be on the show i shouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> um i don't have i don't have the glow up budget for it but um plus i'm married to you oh yeah, that that That's would help probably i probably should have led with that but um <laughs> but she tried but she uh yeah, it 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 wasn't working. So maybe she would have done better with a a canned airline pun. Who knows? She she failed that opportunity two times in one episode. Yeah, I love how she like you finally get five minutes to talk to him, and you spend that whole time trying to redo the joke that he forgot about. All right, gang, it's time for the first bingo card of the season. Uh, Let's get through these and see if you won or not. First things first, airline pun. Um, Right off the bat, uh, Chris Harrison says the season takes off right now. So there we go. Um, Flashback. The season starts off with a Hannah Heartbreak flashback. The word connection. Peter, during an interview in the car with Chris Harrison. The word journey. The first time that comes up, Chris Harrison says it to Peter right before the first limo arrives. Uh, talking about family, Alia, Alia. Alia, we oh. just think of her getting mugged in uh, Clueless, Clueless, and saying this isn't Alia about her dress. I think it's Aloha. I don't know. Okay, so Alia to Peter when she gives him her grandma's letter, and a contestant using props. Uh, what's her face? Um, I don't even know. Was it the the, f- the girl in with the paper airplane? Is it the Alabama girl? I don't know. She's the pinched-faced one. Uh, oh, Madison. Is it Ma- maybe it's Madison? Madison of the of the generous bronzing of the face. Uh, the the walking bronze medal that is Alice. Uh, yeah, Madison. Okay, we did a lot of research here for this one. Uh, she uses a paper airplane. Uh, there's also wings. There's also barf bags. Uh, there's all kinds of props. Ugly accessory. Uh, we'll count Eunice's uh, wings for that one. Uh, cussing. <laughs> the first time the cussing is involved, when Chris Harrison inspects that bag after that contestant popped out of it and said, that's some David Copperfield shit. 
Way to throw it back to the 80s and early 90s, uh, Chris Harrison. Haven't heard about David Copperfield in a while. The the first windmill reference of the episode, Deandra wears one uh, during the introduction. And brings the class by asking, ready to go for round five? Somebody looking visibly drunk, also a body part being blurred. Uh, at the same time, when two of the girls inside were like, he's a dime 50. I think it was uh, Jade or somebody. I don't know. Which I guess it's a really high compliment to tell someone they look like they are valued at 60 cents, I guess. Congratulations. Yeah. Contestants gossiping about another contestant. When the three girls were gossiping about Hannah Ann's talk with Peter right before they started making out, which leads us to the next square, making out. That very same talk. The first making out of the night was when Hannah Ann and Peter do so uh, on the first night. Uh, contestants wearing a costume. Again, Eunice with the angel wings. Uh, crying. Crying was early on uh, when Victoria cries to the camera during her intro. And then finally, verbal clash. McKenna and Natasha fight over Peter and who gets to talk to him next uh, during the first night. And that is the first round of bingo cards for this season. Let us know how you did. Check out our contact info in the show notes and post them online. We'll see you next week. But uh, yeah, so um, moving on, fast forwarding to way, way later on. Um, so fast forwarding to the Madison date, there was something that was said that I thought was really interesting. So they have this very uh, not contrived vow renewal date. Yeah, I'm sure that had been on the books for, you know, years. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I mean, the 31st anniversary is a very big deal. Yes, it's the... Uh... It's the ice cream anniversary. (laughs) It's the two scoops anniversary. They're having their dinner under the weeping willow or whatever it was. That was beautiful. It was actually very pretty. Yeah. Um, And she says something that was really odd about like, like, you know, a couple that's been around for a long time. Like her parents. Yeah. Her parents. Yeah. Yeah. 28 years. Yeah. They, they very close to 31. They better start planning that vow renewal. Um, (laughs) They've only got three years uh, till the big one. (laughs) So um, something about like choosing each other every day. Yeah. And how they choose each other every day. I'm trying to I'm start lapsing into Hannah B. I need to, I I need to get my Madison. I can can hear the bronzer in your cheeks. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like the girl was wearing mud. I mean, Madison, you're cute. You don't need all that makeup. Like, I'm sure your skin is just fine underneath uh, so that pancake of powder. <laughs> Poor thing. So, um, I really don't like that term. It's it's it seems so like like every day is like this conscious decision to not get a divorce or like yeah. I didn't. I that struck me as weird too because it was like I was people, like people say it all the time. They say I know it, they do. They say, it, they say it when they do new vows or I'm gonna choose you every day. It's like well, isn't that why you get married so you don't have to. <laughs> make all these decisions like it's it's a default at some point like we got married you're you're mine we're we're in this like i don't i don't i don't have to do all this work like i i i don't have to swipe anymore <laughs> like <laughs> i i think like i don't have to have decision fatigue over over picking somebody <laughs> i think i think so the, the, there'll be there'll be moments in any given you know week or month where it's like this isn't very fun or or i i I want to be impatient and selfish right now, and I have to choose not to do that. I have to. I want to. Yeah, go to, to have some sacrifice or some. Yeah. So I mean, 
you could argue put this, others' needs ahead of your own. Yes, you could argue this what she meant, but I just yeah, I think the spirit behind it is 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 noble, but it just sounds kind of funny. It's like, what kind of marriage is that where it's like, okay, here we go, but you know, yeah, <laughs> bear down. <laughs> like every morning, we're I wake gonna up, weather the storm today. Every morning, I wake up and, and psych myself up. It's like, oh, one more day. I gotta, I gotta go to Costco. I gotta go to the post office, and I gotta stay married. <laughs> Love is a choice, and I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make that hard choice. <laughs> Love is a chore. I mean, choice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't want to get hung up on it. It's just, it's, it's one of those throwaway phrases that they say on the show a lot, and I just feel like. That that phrase, along with the, with a few others, they kind of leave these lasting impressions that make people who are not married think this is what being married is is like these like this deliberate choice every day. I, I don't know. I think yeah, there is a great comfort and freedom in just knowing this person is mine and I don't have to work for it. Yeah. And there are times where we have to work together for better days, but right. I don't have to work for this person to to know that we're in this you know yeah it's just it's just a a bedrock assumption that you get to make and it's really really good it's just choosing the the phrase choosing someone every day is something that single people say like married people don't say these things yeah you have to choose to work out every day you don't have to choose choose your spouse every day i have to choose not to eat that slice of cheesecake and that you know a uh, 16 ounce camel frappuccino or something, but I don't have to choose. Will I be married today? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we belabored, belabored the point. We're on the same page. Uh, yeah, the slowly turning page. The, the slowly turning Disney tome that is Natasha. <laughs> slowly opening book. <laughs> the sword in the stone. Man, we got Disney Plus, and yeah, that was yeah. One can't of you the, tell? That was one of the first things we watched. That movie is so good. Archimedes, man. Archimedes. You guys should just Sassy owl. turn off this podcast and just... Uh, just go watch The Sword in the Stone. Uh, c- come back and, and we'll talk about it. What? Uh, okay, so l- last 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 big discussion. And of course, it's the, the, the 20,000 pound elephant in the room. It's uh, a big elephant. How much do elephants weigh? Uh, Less than 20,000 pounds. Probably. 2,000 pounds is a ton. I'm really bad at estimating. So it's not 20... I mean, it's... Weights and measures. I mean, we're better than the girls were during their, you know how many feet are in a mile test well i was bad at that too so i gave them some slack i don't know how many are in a mile <laughs> uh, so so it'll be a thirty thousand pound elephant so it'll be as many pounds as there were feet in a mile according to what's her face anyway so uh the the obvious question of the night which is of course the the, the hannah reprisal hannah based hannah based i just um it's so hard for me to not be cynical about this show like like it felt contrived but like, but but the last fifteen minutes of the episode where they're like fighting, or they're 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 hashing it out in the in that dressing room did not feel contrived. Like I I love when the show like just gets totally off track and real and awkward for a while. Yeah, and they seem to be really good friends actually, and so it was kind of refreshing to see after all of this punny, hyped up, introductory, jokey kind of conversation and like all these, you know this contrived stuff it was really like it was kind of intriguing to watch these two people who actually know each other pretty well have this right. very honest conversation it was it was striking to me i enjoyed it i love well like 
like so like my least favorite parts of the show in general are the contrived one-on-one dates at the table where it's like okay it's it's week three so i'm so now i'm i am contractually obligated to tell you a awkward story about my childhood like and then and then you say wow you overcame your fears so i overcome my need to not give you this rose you know as an aside when madison was talking about her 28 years married parents and peter's response was it really shows a lot of character that you talk about them that way (laughs) i'm like did Madison keep her parents together? Did I miss part of that story? What what character does it show that they stayed married? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you forget. She, congratulations, she, Madison. You forget that they based the whole cheaty backstory on her life. Like she actually talked to her parents into getting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There che- you go. Cheaty from good place. Look it up, people. Best show uh, on TV. Yeah. Um, better than this one. <laughs> it is better than this one. But we still do love this one. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like what character that you didn't come from a divorced family and you have, would have therefore bad character what kind of did? yeah what kind of accomplishment is that anyway yeah and I, and I, it's just anyway so so what the point i'm trying to make and that's a great example is how contrived those situations are and then they just kind of go into these situations that are really super real like for example when coltian and cassie you know had that huge meltdown and he basically like like ran away and like like i'm done with the show like like that was like real you know and i, I love that kind of was th- it raw and real is raw and real uh so i just think like that's really entertaining to watch um so seeing okay i'm trying to make a point i'm trying to get to a question here and i and, I, and it's taking so long to set it up but like i i liked the hannah and peter the kind of the candid discussion what i don't like is like kind of dumb they both are like well, what I was thinking is, boy, Hannah Brown just will not allow me to forget what it's like to be 24. Yeah, no kidding. I, I mean, it just, she just keeps showing up and crying and saying, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and that's why I, you know, and that's why I included our role model, Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, in yes. my toast today because... The queen. She... You know, she wasn't perfect, but man, she knew what she wanted and she wasn't just, you know, capriciously sort of floundering around. Like, I mean, the entirety of Hannah's season, she really went through a renaissance, but even at the end of it, she still didn't really know what she wanted. She was in a way better place, but she still really didn't know what she wanted. And that's part of being her age and being in that situation. But there's a huge difference between... You know, what we talked about in our our pre-flight check episode of the over-under of 25, like, you get past your mid-20s and things really start to solidify for you (laughs) in terms of what you want, what you're willing to tolerate, uh, how ready you are to speak your mind, how ready you are, too, I think, to let go of things that don't work. I think that's a huge thing. And I think Rachel had probably been in enough serious or serious-ish relationships that she was able to, like spot something that was terrible and let it go and see something that was good and go after it versus Hannah is just, I think still trying to figure it out. And that was very, very evident in her coming back and being like, yeah, of course I regret it. I regretted this other thing too. And I didn't know. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I know what I didn't know. And now I'm, I still can't believe I did that. And it's like, Oh girl, you're exhausting. Now, now I know I don't like Luke, Luke P. It's like yeah, it took you long enough. I mean, she's she's I I like Hannah, but it, she just she has not fine tuned her decision making skills yet. No. But, what, <laughs> but what's frustrating is on the other side of it is Peter. Peter, 
you can just you can see it like from his, his whole family, uh, and as well as himself and how he and what he tends to value is he's just this hopeless romantic, mm. and it would be romantic to like add Hannah into the mix or like ha- like have this kind of co- this this conflict this will they won't they conflict, and to me it's just kind of like look you're the lead you made this decision. You have twenty seven thousand other chicks, or whatever it is, who are com- who are competing on this show. Like, it's like your decision's made. There, there's nothing else to think about. And and there's again the other phrase they they use a lot in the show is like, trust your heart, follow your heart, 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 heart. And it's like your heart is capricious. Your heart wants all kinds of things all the time for all kinds of wrong reasons. They're, yeah, they're- it makes me think of Joe Bluth in Arrested Development, where he says, "Well, my." Well, my gut is saying no, but my gut is also very hungry. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you there, can't trust, you can't always trust your, your gut because, you know, your gut will mess with your head. There's a great podcast I checked out uh, last year because it's January, so it was last year now, um, uh, called The Happiness Lab. And it's, it's, it's about a, a, a psychologist basically showing us all the way that our brains want happiness, but in the act of triggering certain things and behaviors are making us unhappy like mm. our, our brain is out to basically sabotage sabotage <laughs> yeah we're about to, it's just like your your heart like is out to sabotage you it's like uh it, and i wish peter would be like i'm sorry like you you made your decision i've made my decision there's nothing else to think about but but what we don't take into account is producers behind the scene being i know like have Hannah design your whole date for you. Yeah, they have to have a whole angle to come at it and and set things up in a way that makes you know some some drama happen where there isn't any. So yeah. I mean, you know, to their credit, it works. And I also wanted to say too, I I think Peter's parents seem like lovely people. They really do. They seem very nice, and they're they're adorable the way they love each other. And I, yeah, they're great. But Peter strikes me as somebody who never got spanked. Like he really, he, he really seems like a kid who is not told no a whole lot. Right. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, spoiled rotten or something, but he just, his parents are so affirming of everything about him and everything right. he wants and everything he does. And I mean, that may just be for TV. We don't know. But at least what's being presented on the show is just that they're just like, whatever you want, honey, like just live your truth and follow your dreams. And you're just, you're so good and pure and perfect in our little boy. And, and it's like, well, you know, he's probably made some bad decisions because literally everybody does. Right. So they're, they don't ever seem to be cautioning him about anything either. They're just sort of like, oh, you just go after it, sweetheart. You know, it's like, well, okay. Like, this is your time. He, he, yeah, it's, it, he, he really could could uh do something quite boneheaded if he (laughs) to quote luke p we all make boneheaded mistakes (laughs) i would never i would fight for you god bless i would never i you just have to like kind of thrust your jaw forward and frown i would i want to fight for you your brows have to get really furrowed yeah and you kind of put your tongue forward and like hang your mouth up and like fight for you which is halfway to connor (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. yeah, I just want to. Uh, yeah, this yeah, this burrito tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've I think we've 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 hit on that enough. Um, do you think she's going to actually join? 
I mean, they definitely tease it like it's going to happen. I think she's going to stay. Yeah. I don't want her to. I don't want her to either. I don't want her to. For her sake and for his sake, I don't want her to. Ugh. She should just wait and see if he falls in love with somebody who's on the show, because... It's just crap. If he doesn't, then they can date and there's no barriers to it. It'd be a lot easier. If I was a contestant on the show and the lead, like, not just a contestant from a past season, but the lead from last season, like, comes on as a contestant, I'd be so pissed. Well, and and when he's like, I was watching that last episode and you asked Tyler if he wanted to go out and I had been thinking if she wanted to go give it another chance with me, I totally would. And the heartbreak, I mean, that must have been really rough. Right. Because you know his his the next thing he said was I don't want to be anybody's third choice that that's pretty embarrassing yeah which is you should have left it at that well I've made my decision like I'm not gonna be number three here we are here we are to worship and uh, <laughs> and uh, let's let's move on you know I I, I, yeah, just, if, I, I if, I'd love to see him like be like all right here you know here's my instant spine Whoop, spine is up I'm uh I'm the bachelor. I'm I'm doing that. I'm I'm, I'm going to go decision. I'm going to take these 27 women and do a whole season of a show about me finding love. I mean that's that's a, it's a powerful position. Yeah. So he could have he could have taken that and run with it, but I, I really I don't think they would build all this up if she weren't going to stay. Maybe they would. That'd be kind of a Ugh. be kind of a a false start, but we'll just see. It's just that there's so many there's so many contestants on the that I, that I want to see develop like i want to see uh victoria the nurse uh, i want to see how, how that goes i want to i want to see how lexi goes she seems so interesting uh deandra um a few other ones i want to see if if hannah ann stays the villain or not um but i feel like that's all gonna get short-circuited if if, if hannah beast is 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 running the show so I don't know, guys. What do you think? Uh, leave us a comment. All of our contact info is on the show notes, so we know where to find us. Please also follow us on Instagram at Cheers to That Pod. And uh, be sure to let us know how you did on Bingo. Uh, the card is downloadable again. Uh, links are in the show notes. And uh, let us know how you did. Uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.